ready to grab a seat. Uh, my name is DJ Iverson. I'm associate pastor here at New... Yeah, thank you. I like the keyboard player a lot. I should marry her. Um, we're married. It's okay. It's not just a bad joke. Um, <laughs> my name is DJ Iverson. I'm associate pastor here at New Vintage Church. Uh, pastor Tim is over in the Holy Lands right now uh, with his lovely wife, Emily, and a group of other pastors. They are taking a tour of the Holy Lands, getting to visit some amazing biblical sites. Uh, and I know they're getting filled up with the Holy Spirit and what God has done throughout history. And they're going to come back and um, they're going to share uh, with us and, and share from that overflow. Uh, be sure to check out New Vintage University coming up in a few weeks. Uh, Tim's going to be leading a series on uh, the New Testament. And uh, coming up off of the Holy Lands, I imagine that's going to be great. And I'm here and we're going to be talking about suffering. So I feel like it's a fair trade. Um, actually, I joke around. We are in uh, the midst of a series on Romans called Not Ashamed. Uh, we're going to be in Romans chapter 5 today. So if you want to uh, pull out your Bibles and open up to Romans chapter 5, uh, your apps on your phone, your device, or whatever it is, uh, sand scrolls or whatever, uh, yeah, I'm going to use that joke with Pastor Tim next week. Just break open your scroll to Romans 5. Uh, we're going to be parked there, verses 1 through 11, and this actually is one of my favorite passages in my favorite book of the Bible. Um, Talking about Romans is kind of like having a deep conversation with a friend. This is the framework that I use when I approach Romans. And uh, how many of you guys ever had, uh, raise your hand if you ever went to church camp as a kid. All right, a lot of church camp alums. I love it. Somebody raised their hand twice up there. Love you too. Um, I'm, I'm a big church camp guy, directed camp for a few years, uh, went to camp for, uh, 20, 30 years probably, and one of my favorite parts of camp, uh, at least one night during the week, there's that stay up late, have that deep conversation camp night. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And, and maybe not as church camp, maybe it's just with your friends hanging out where it's like, you know, post midnight, uh, two o'clock in the morning sometime, and you just, you have that conversation about things that matter. Anybody ever had those conversations where you're just like, I love those. And, and that's kind of my approach to Romans. That's the relationship that I have with Romans. Um, so when we, when we park in here, when we park in chapter 5 today, uh, we're going to talk about some pretty tough concepts, some pretty deep, meaningful concepts. But I want us to approach this in a friendly way. Uh, I know Romans can be intimidating sometimes because there's so much depth there. But I want us to approach Romans in a friendship way. Picture this as a late night conversation. We're going to be here till 2 a.m. anyway, because uh, I tend to run long. So just sit back, relax. We're having a nice conversation <coughs> about Romans and, uh, and, and what it means uh, to what, what God is trying to speak here in the, in the first half of Romans 5. Uh, I've titled the sermon today, Move, uh, Boasting in God from Suffering to Hope. And gave it the title move because that's an important part of this discussion of the scripture today. We need to understand that in any given part of what we're talking about in the scripture, God is calling us to make a move forward. 
right? We're not stuck in any one part of the scripture. God is calling us towards this move. And, and what's beautiful about this is it, it's, we're making a move to this boasting in God, and, and we're going to start from suffering. So we're going to do this big, huge move all the way from suffering to boasting in God. And that's what the scripture says here. So let's open up the scripture. Romans 5, uh, verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into the grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. That's a key part right there at the end. Now, the verse that follows kind of says, okay, we're going to come at the same thing from a different angle. Uh, Romans 5, starting in verse 3. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Now, how many of us heard, have heard of this passage before, right? A lot of us have heard this passage, and we've heard this idea, hey, suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, character, hope, right? I, I know when I was a kid and I heard this, I, okay, I get it. I'm building character, mom. Thanks, right? Like you go through something painful, and it's like, ah, oh, it builds character, and you're like, you told me I'm character enough already the other day, right? Um, and, and so I think this is one of those passages that it's easy to kind of go through. Okay, real simple. But I want to kind of take this apart today because if we look at this scripture, what we're actually talking about here is this beautiful, beautiful movement that God has for our lives. Um, this next slide here, if we're putting boast in the hope and glory of God. I just want to, I want us to table that for, for just a second. That's our, that's our goal today, to get to a place where we boast and hope in the glory of God. In, in the scripture, what it says is there's, there's, the scriptures are both one and two and three and four are both pointing at this. And, and for some of us, it's, it's coming from a matter of faith. It's coming from uh, how our, our faith has moved us to boasting towards God. And then he says in 3 and 4, it's how our suffering is part of that, that movement, that story of us going from suffering to boasting in the hope of the glory of God. So let, let's look at 1 and 2 real quick here. We're going to take the faith uh, part of this first. Um, or, or we're going to take what the scripture has mapped out here for us first. Verses five, or chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace. We're justified through faith, so we have peace through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand and we boast in the hope of glory God. Okay, let's pause right here and let's talk about this idea uh, let's go to the next slide. Let's talk about this idea, faith leading to peace. Because I think this is an idea that we, as a culture, um, we, 
we get wrong a lot of times, or at the very least, we, we miss the mark. So we have this idea that faith leads to peace. And a lot of times what we tell ourselves is the way that we get there, the way that we, our faith brings us to peace is by getting rid of things or, or by the lack of stuff in the way. My faith would bring me towards peace if all the stuff wasn't in the way. For example, absence of turmoil. I've got this craziness going on in my life. There's a situation that's overwhelming and it's causing me all kinds of suffering. If only this thing, if only this turmoil in my life were gone, I would have peace, right? We tell ourselves this a lot. If only this, this momentous occasion, this big obstacle, if only we were just out of the way, I could have peace and, and all the things that come from that peace in God. And, and it becomes this obstacle because if it doesn't happen, if we can't move the obstacle in the way, if we can't remove the turmoil, it, it kind of hurts our faith. We have these questions of, why, God? What, can't you just get rid of this? How many of you guys have asked that question before? Why can't, God, why can't you just take this out of my life? You've been there. Or we say this. Absence of pain. This hurts too much. God, if you would just take this hurt away, I could have peace in my life. My faith could grow if, if only this, this hurt, this turmoil and this hurt and this pain and this suffering that's in my way, if only it were just gone, I could grow to a place of having peace in my life. Or maybe it's nothing crazy going on in your life. Maybe there's nothing momentous. Maybe it's just activity. Maybe you're just busy all the time. We say, God, if you just removed all this activity in my life, my life would be so full of peace. And that's not what the scripture's saying here. We're leaving out, when we talk like this, we're leaving out a key part of the scripture. And I would argue that what we're seeking when we seek this, when we seek absence of turmoil, absence of pain, absence of activity, what we're seeking is unattainable. It doesn't exist. We're chasing after something that doesn't exist when we do this. There will always be something going on. Amen? There's always somebody. Amen? Or there's always something right? There will always be someone, something happening that says, I can't have peace if I go about it this way. And what we're really looking at, and I would, I would make this argument, what we're really seeking is, is not a faith that goes towards peace, but what we're really seeking is a faith striving for emptiness. I just want all of these things gone. I just want it all to disappear. 
if my life was empty, my faith could grow. Be grown, we want it to grow in a vacuum with no outside influence. And the reality is, is that's not the world we live in. And so I would make this argument. If we're seeking peace through the removal of things, we're actually seeking emptiness, and a faith built on emptiness is an empty faith. There's no reason to have faith. There's no reason for what the scripture says is the truth and how we move from faith to peace in Romans 5, 1 and 2. The way we make that move from faith to peace is through the grace of Jesus Christ. That's what the scripture says here. That's the part that sometimes we forget to put in here into this equation. It's the grace of Jesus. And I'm not talking about a grace that is simply like, you don't get what you deserve. I'm talking about a grace that fuels your soul. This is where you draw all of your strength from. This is Jesus' grace that powers you through. Because the grace of Jesus does this. It doesn't need the absence. It doesn't need emptiness to work. In fact, Jesus thrives here. Jesus' grace works and thrives despite turmoil. You have something going on in your life that's, con that's a struggle. Jesus is right there, and he's active. You have something going on in your life that's causing you pain. Jesus is right there with you during that pain. Jesus is active. Jesus has control over all of the chaos. Your life is busy. Life is crazy busy, right? Jesus is there in the midst of all of that with you. And what's great about this is that Jesus doesn't need emptiness to work. Jesus thrives here because he's an active Jesus. And an active Jesus gives us hope. An active Jesus gives us hope because he moves us beyond all these things that we struggle with. So let's go talk about the other side Romans 5 3 through 5 not only so but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance perseverance character and character hope and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us all right let's talk about suffering for a minute Originally, a sermon was just going to be on suffering. Ton of fun. A lot of jokes. <laughs> now, it's important that we talk about suffering in the context of something much larger. It's part of a much larger movement that we see here in Scripture. So if we're going to talk about suffering, we need to talk about suffering in the context that the Bible talks about suffering. Does that make sense? 
the right tracking with that. So let's talk about suffering in the context of what Romans 5 talks about and, and not what we usually do. Usually what we do is we kind of, we kind of joke about and dismiss suffering a little bit or we get into a competition about suffering. And, and those two things really keep us from moving on, right? That, that competition of suffering or, or that dismissiveness of suffering that really kind of keeps you stuck where you are. You're not going to move on from there. Uh, my favorite uh, comedian, Brian Regan, has a bit that he does. And um, he talks about making a mistake of telling the story of getting his wisdom tooth pulled. And he says, if I got one wisdom tooth pulled, and there's something you need to know if you get one wisdom tooth uh, pulled, you cannot tell that story in a crowd. Because there's going to be somebody there that has had two wisdom teeth pulled, or three or four. So when you go to tell your story, like, oh, yeah, I got my wisdom tooth pulled. Oh, yeah, I got two pulled. That's nothing. Oh, okay. I guess I wasn't in pain then, right? I guess my wisdom tooth didn't hurt because you had two, right? And we get into this kind of competition here, right? Well, I had two wisdom teeth. Well, I had three pull. Well, I had four pull. Well, I had nine pull. Well, I had 12 pull. Well, they had a, all compacted. And I had to use a chainsaw on a tree. We get in this competition, and what it does is it tells others that we don't value their suffering, right? And, and what are we competing for? What's the prize for being the most suffer, like the most suffering? Like honestly, what what's the? Why do we compete for that? Why do we compete to be the person who suffered the most? Because what it does is this isolates us, right? And it devalues the other person so that if, if I come in and I say, man, I got my wisdom teeth pulled and it's hurting today. And you come in and you say, that's nothing. I got four. Okay. I'm not going to talk about my pain then. I'm not going to address it. In fact, I can maybe even go so as far as to say is I shouldn't even think that I have pain because somebody else has it worse. Right? And what this does is before we can even get into any conversation about moving on from our suffering, we, we get stuck there, right? And, and, and here's a few keys that I think are, are key that we see in other passages in the Bible and kind of themes in Scripture that help us move beyond suffering. First of all, there's honesty. You have to be able to say, I'm suffering. If you want to make the move, you have to acknowledge this suffering exists. My tooth hurts. This person is a pain. I'm having a bad day. The cancer exists. Right? We have to have that moment of honesty to even begin any kind of process here. That's what God is calling us to right here. This is how we move. We have that honesty. We say, this hurts. Maybe it's not the worst pain I've ever felt. Maybe it's not the worst thing going on in the world. But it hurts. It's suffering. And I'm going to acknowledge it and give it credit for what it is. <clears throat> and what's interesting about this is community comes from this. 
when you're honest about your suffering, there's community. How many people know somebody that's struggling with cancer right now? Raise your hand. There's a lot of us. How many of you have lost somebody in the past year? Lost a loved one or a dear friend in the past year? There's a handful of us. How many of you guys have just had a really bad day today? A couple? All right. How many of us have just like this month, like at some point this month, we just had a, a day where we're like, I'm, I'm done. I'm over it. Raise your hand if you've had a, Everybody raise your hand. Right, come on now. <laughs> Past month, you've had a day that was awful. Right? And here's what's com- what comes from that, right? We have that community. Oh, you're dealing with that too? You're dealing with that as well? And what comes from that community is a sense of solidarity. I'm not in this alone, right? Knowing that somebody else is experiencing this, right, brings this, um, it's this beautiful moment for Christ to begin to work. And, and I think the evil one would say, let's isolate you, right? Let's isolate you so you can stay here. And I think what Jesus is saying, let, let's get you moving forward. Let's get you as part of the pack. Let's get you around some people that understand. How about this powerful, powerful phrase? I know how you feel. It's a beautiful phrase of solidarity. And I think that's a huge part of the movement that we have from suffering. So next, I would say elimination. There's a beautiful, beautiful art that happens in suffering when we're able to eliminate the unnecessary. This is what I mean. If you got a phone call right now that your spouse or a loved one was in a car wreck, would anything else matter? No. In, in that moment, right, in that moment of that suffering, there's a clarity that comes. It's a beautiful car wreck because it, it eliminates everything that you don't need to be worrying about right now and allows God to work and focus under that specific moment. Right? That's the beauty of the car wreck. Everything else doesn't matter. We're free from this. I'm not going to spend my time, effort, and energy on things that don't need any of that from me. This is what's in front of me right here. It's clear I understand what it is, and I'm right here, and I can take it on, and we can move forward through the help of Jesus' grace. What's cool about that, when we eliminate all that noise and all that distraction in this time of suffering, one of the best ways that we know it's time to move forward past suffering is God starts putting opportunity out there. We've cleared out all the distractions. We know what it is. We've got a, people, a group of people to travel with, people to keep us accountable. We've gotten rid of all the distractions. And now we have room for the opportunity. And we've got ears to hear and space to hear and time to fill with the opportunities that God is going to provide for us to keep 
moving on. And so we move on to perseverance. Perseverance looks like this. Perseverance begins with focus. I know exactly what I'm up against, and I know exactly where I'm headed. Right? Even if we don't have, like, the spot, I know this direction. I've done this. Now I'm going here. Right? This is not the answer. I'm trying this one out. This sounds like what God wants me to do. So we have this focus here, and, and that's a beautiful part of this movement from suffering is to say, okay, what's going on? I'm going to focus here, and I'm going to ask Jesus to meet me in this place. I'm going to ask myself to meet Jesus here in this place and focus on this act so that I can get moving. Work. Another part of perseverance. Perseverance takes work. Wherever you're at, you have work in front of you. Just getting up and existing for a day requires work, right? How much more so for when we have a difficult situation in our lives that we need to overcome. Perseverance takes work, and the key part of perseverance is that focus and that work goes on repeat. Today, I'm going to focus on this. I'm going to work on this. And tomorrow, I'm going to focus on this. I'm going to work on this. I'm going to do that every day. Now, what happens next is a beautiful change. We've done the suffering. We've put in the hard work and the, per the perseverance over and over and over again. And what does that build? Character. Now we're at character. And let's talk about character like this, just for the sake of this discussion. Character is a change that happens from the inside out. We're, we're talking about a change at a core soul level. I am a different person than the person that you saw before my perseverance and before my suffering. I'm a different person. I have different interests. I have different motivators. I've got different experiences under my belt. It's an inside-out change and what it is, is it's applied wisdom. It's taking the things that I've learned, right, in the perseverance, and applying it so that my character can grow. Uh, back in, I went to college in Oklahoma, and um, I got to do fun Oklahoma things. And um, I got in with a crazy group of guys that like to go uh, ride around in the mud like drive around the mud, which is awesome. Totally recommend it. It's a blast. Has so much fun. Here's the thing about driving around in the mud. You're going to get stuck. And when you get stuck in the mud, it's like, all right, we got stuck. Then the work comes. Right? <laughs> so it's fun for a second. Then you start spinning your tires for a minute. 
And then you realize, oh, no, we're, oh, wait, well, we're stuck. Like it goes from like, hey, we're stuck to, oh, we're stuck. And, and so what you learn over the course of time doing this, you know, a few times, you learn, okay, hey, maybe if we can like dig this out or, or maybe if we put like some two-by-fours in here or some dry dirt or if we can get, you know, a tow from another truck or a car or wrap around, like you take what's happened before and you go, oh, I, I've done this before. Now you're applying the wisdom, right? And, and so, <laughs> you know, the second time you get stuck in the mud, it's not as bad. Hey, we're going to strap a two-by-four to the tire. We got the straps for that. We're, we're, uh, like, we know how to get some traction. We're up out of here, and we're going to go mudding some more. We're going to have a blast. Right? That's the applied wisdom in, in its perspective, too. Character brings perspective. I'm not the same person as I was before, so I don't see things the same way. So this is important because we need to give ourselves room to grow. If we're talking about movement, if we're talking about getting past suffering, if we're talking about moving from suffering to perseverance to character, and making this move over and over and over again, we need to recognize that that's a shift in perspective. And that's important. Uh, when I was in elementary school and got bullied, I was angry and upset, right, rightfully so, right? As I've gotten older now and have kids of my own in school, I look at bullies differently. I know that there's probably a dynamic going on at home that contributes to this, right? My perspective has changed, right? Now here's, uh, or let, let's talk about hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's where we make the big jump. All three of these things are great, uh, but we meet, need to make the jump here beyond just building good character to hope. And hope is this. Hope is God-centered. Hope is something that says God is in charge. God is here and present. And things are going to get better. Hope is a key part, of a, a key jump. And we'll talk about this more in a second. But hope is a key jump because this is where we go from kind of doing it ourselves to this can't happen. None of this could have happened without God here. And if he can do this, what else can he do? So hope is God-centered. It's a full heart. Jesus mentions this in the Beatitudes. Somebody who is pure of heart or has a heart that is righteous after God. That means that is the only thing that is in their heart. That's the only thing that powers their heart that's what gets them through they have a singular focus and, and the last and certainly not least there's joy there we're not talking about joy outside of or, or absent of suffering and perseverance and building character we're talking about joy in all of those things right there's a joy that comes that can only be provided by the lord and, and, and here's, here's some common mistakes we do with this. We, I title this move because it's important for us to move from suffering to perseverance to character to hope. And here's what happens if we don't. 
if we don't move on from our suffering, we're stuck in the pain. If we don't move on from our suffering, we're stuck in the pain. And we use this phrase a lot, Jesus loves you right where you're at. I believe that. But I also believe that he calls us to move forward. I don't know a Jesus that allows us to just be stuck in pain all of the time. So he, he gives us this, these chances to move forward. So we go, I'm not going to be stuck in pain anymore. I'm going to move on. I'm going to persevere. And if we stop there, we start doing the work, right? We're foot on the gas pedal, but we don't go anywhere. We're just spinning our tires, right? This is living in pain. If we don't, if we stop our story right here, and if we don't make this move, all we're doing is living with the pain day after day after day, right? It was one of the Greek mythology stories where the guy has to push the boulder up the hill all day every day. And if he lets go, he has to start again right here. If we don't allow ourselves to be changed, if we don't allow ourselves to grow, if we don't listen to that call to move forward, we're just going to live in that pain. Now, here's a really tricky one. If we stop at character, all right suffered, I've persevered, now we've taken a turn for the positive. I've changed, I've applied the wisdom, I've got a new perspective. If we stop here and we don't make that jump to, to uh, hope, if we, we run a real big danger of just saying, hey, I pulled myself up by my bootstraps, right? This is a big narrative in our culture, right? The, the do-it-yourself person. I pulled myself up behind my bootstraps. I got out of a tough situation. I persevered. Now look at me now. And I'm a good person. How many of us have heard that before? This is a good person. Hey, they can suffer. They can persevere. And they can build character. Now here's the thing. If you stop here, what happens is inevitably the suffering is going to come back. And so you're going to be in a cycle of building character and suffering, persevering, and character. And then the next suffering is going to come along and more perseverance and more character. And, and so when we lift up these stories that stop here, you're just like, oh, I wish you would just keep going, make that jump to hope because that jump to hope is so powerful. That jump to hope is what changes us from just a good person to somebody who understands and is living in the full glory of God. And this is what the scripture has uh, right after this, right? We go in and we see an example 
of this movement at work. We see suffering, perseverance, character, and hope at work in the next passage. So Romans 5, verse 6. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if, while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom, we have, through whom we have now received reconciliation. So let's go back to this. We have suffering, perseverance, character, and hope. And this is what that passage says. In the midst of the suffering... Right? The suffering is we were full of sin. We were an enemy of God. We didn't know God. That's our suffering spot. The perseverance is the reconciliation through Jesus Christ, through his death. And, and that word reconciliation is important. It's not a one and done. It's a process. We've talked about this in the past few weeks. This reconciliation happens on a daily basis. We're made new with God, right? And so Jesus' death makes us new, and it happens all the time. This Jesus dying on the cross means something for us every day. And so that's the perseverance. And now, because of that, we have a new life. We're saved. And that's our character. We're a new person. We've changed. We've grown. We've, uh, we've learned. And that new life brings us to boast in God. That's the hope that we have. That new life allows us to boast in God. It allows us to say, this is what he's done. This is what he's pulled me through. This is what we've worked on so hard together. This is what I gave up and sacrificed for. Now, here's what's really cool about this passage. You know, originally I kind of framed this as um, two passages kind of coming together towards both God. But, but really what you can do here is you can put, piece these together into one amazing story with a ton of movement here. A move from suffering to perseverance. A move from character, or perseverance to character. A move from character to hope. A move from hope to faith. A move from faith, uh, a living, moving thing, Jesus' grace powering us, moving us to peace, moving us to boast in God. And what's cool about this is, if you've been... If you've been a believer for a while, there's a little shortcut 
right? Some of you guys know this. These are the people that I look up to and love. These are the people that, like, when you see their lives, you're like, oh, man, they just must have an amazing faith. <clears throat> what their faith a lot of times looks like is this. Uh, let's go to the next slide. They boast in God, and that builds up their faith, which fuels them even more, gives them more peace in their life, which allows them to boast in God, what God has done, which gives them more faith, which gives them more grace in their life. Which You guys see how this is a circle that builds each other up, right? If you've been a believer for a long time, you, you've probably experienced this where you've just given your all to praising God, and man, what that does for your faith. In those times where your faith is on fire and you're just full of God's grace, you're just ready to go, and the peace that comes in your life from that, and God, we praise you for that, and then just over and over and over again, but a lot of times, like I said, we get stuck over here, right? If this is it, if you stop at character building, you're missing most of the story, right? If, if this is your story right here, awesome. It probably looks cool, but you're missing what God is moving you towards. You're missing more than half of the design that God has in store for you. So God calls us to move beyond character. Let's go to the next slide and, and get this hope part right here. Like what I love about what I love about the Christians that I look up to, here's what's really cool about this. They experience this. They experience the suffering through hope part, but they fly through it. And sometimes, as a new believer or a young believer, we don't think they have any problems. It's because they do this so quickly and so well that we don't notice it. If we've been in the faith for a while, this is important that we talk about this. It's important that we share these stories, right? Because what happens is, and I love these people. My, my best friend Dan um, was diagnosed with uh, a melanoma a few months ago, right? Big C word. Tough conversation, right? Dude didn't blink. Not for a second. And I'll tell you why. Dan's had to do emergency spleen operations after a wreck. Um, multiple times almost trying to die as a kid. Um, he had a disease as an infant. When we were 20, he donated his liver to his mom. It's the most complicated surgery in the world. And didn't go well. Dude has been through this. So, as a man of God who boasts in God all the time, he's a great youth pastor, when this comes in, he just flies through it. And, and that's what happens is the more we do this, it's not that this doesn't happen, right? I can't tell you a person that has an amazing faith that will say, oh, I haven't suffered. <laughs> or I haven't had to persevere, or I haven't had to change and grow, or I haven't had to to work on, on getting to a place of hope. We, we all do that. But when you do that over and over 
you know, over and over again, it becomes this almost like second nature, right? You have God fueling this process. Anybody that's my age will catch this reference. Let's throw this video up. If you're from the 80s, and you haven't played since the 80s, how many of you could still do Mario 1-1? A lot of hands. These are my people. Right? If you're watching this, you've probably already seen a couple mistakes he made and opportunities he's lost, whatever. I mean, I haven't played this game in forever. But from like 1987 to 1989, I probably put like Malcolm Gladwell expert hours into Mario, right? How many of us could like still do Mario 1 years later? We throw this in front of us and we go, oh yeah, I got this. Oh yeah, me, I'm getting the flag, getting the 5,000, no brainer. This is my 80s reference for all my people out there. When you do something over and over and over and over again, it's just second nature. How many of you guys have ever had that where like when you're driving and you get there and you forget how you get there? Raise your hand. I'm reporting all of you to the DMV. No, that, that's a thing, right? And, and what psychologists have figured out on that is if you've done that drive so many times, you're actually using a different part of your brain to process the information. And, and so your brain's actually getting able to think about different things. So when you get there, you go, how did I end up at Target? And you're like, well, <laughs> like, you've done it enough times, right? Sorry if I'm stepping on toes there, but... Real talk today. Nah, we, some of these things we've done so many times, it becomes a second nature. And here's the beauty in this, guys. If you're new to the faith, this is what you have in front of you. Don't stop here. Keep moving. Wherever you're at. If you're suffering, don't stop. Keep moving. If you're persevering through something, don't stop. Keep moving. If you're building character right now, don't stop. Keep moving. If you're full of hope, don't stop. Keep moving. If your faith is on fire right now, don't stop. If you're getting fueled by the power of Jesus right now, don't stop. Keep moving. If your life is full of peace right now, not absent of turmoil, not absent of all this stuff, but if your life is full of peace right now, keep moving. We've talked a lot about boasting in God today, and what does that mean? I think it's something that's kind of right in front of us all the time, a word we use all the time. I think it's praise. What do we talk about when we say praise God? I'm going to tell them about, yeah, let's go back a slide. When I say praise God, I'm going to tell them about this. I'm going to tell them about this. I'm going to tell them about this. When I was going to praise God, I'm going to share my story. This is where I was stuck, and this is how God moved me forward, right? That's what boasting in God is. And some of us, we've been stuck for a while. Understand, 
would love to help you move forward. That's what this church is all about. Some of us are maybe stuck in good people mode, good person mode. Hey, we got a baptism Sunday coming up on April 3rd. We'd love to see you make that commitment to Christ. It says, I'm putting my, all my hope and my life in him. It's not about me. It's not about my glory. I, I want the hope of living an eternal life with Jesus powering me. And I'm ready to make that commitment. We've got a men's study coming up. We're going to be talking about David. David is the king. Bad dad joke. Bible joke. David is the king of getting stuck here, right? Over and over and over again. Builds wealth, all kinds of stuff. Figures out, i got to make that next step. And he gets to a place where he writes some of the most beautiful boasts of God. The most beautiful praises of God out there. There's books of it. It's amazing. Right now, we're going to close out with a time of communion. And this is a time where we do take a pause. <laughs> we, the move here is to take a pause and reflect. What? We reflect on the suffering. We reflect on the perseverance. We reflect on the character. We reflect on the hope and the faith. We reflect on Jesus' grace. We reflect on the peace that it brings us, and we praise God for our son who, who died on the cross. If you haven't gotten your communion yet, just raise your hand, and our ushers will, will help you with that. Let's close out with a prayer today. God, our prayer is this, that we would move. That we would be moved. And God, for, for those of us that have, are stuck in suffering, I pray that you would call us to persevere through, God. God, for those of us that are, are trying to grind it out, God, I pray that you would call us to grow and to build character. And God, for those of us who built a character, God, we need to know that all these victories come from you, and our hope comes from you, God, we pray for that move, we pray for that move towards faith, God, that our faith would grow and grow and grow, God, we pray for that move for just being completely powered and filled by the grace of Jesus, we pray that we would move towards peace, that we would be people of peace like your son is the prince of peace. And God, I pray that we would be so devoted to praising you for all of these things that you have done.